Non-profit KiwiSaver provider and fund manager Simplicity says it wants to try to build and fund 25,000 new homes in the next 10 years. It's launching a new investment fund today aimed at ramping up its existing programme to increase housing supply. That three-part programme includes its build-to-rent operator Simplicity Living, offering cheap mortgage rates, or cheaper mortgage rates to first-home buyers, and funding community housing providers to build their own homes. Over the past three years, those initiatives have led to a $340 million investment in housing across the country, including more than 1,500 houses built or in development. Simplicity Managing Director Sam Stubbs says if 5% of what is in term deposits now, equivalent to about $14 billion, were to be redirected to this fund, it would fund the 25,000 homes the scheme is targeting. Sam's in the Auckland studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Catherine. So just remind us of where you got to over the last three years in each sort of leg of this program. Yeah, so in the build-to-rent area, we've uh, now completed almost 160 homes and we have another uh, 350 in, in build and, uh, and and we bought the land for about another six or 700. So that's gone extremely well and, and actually a lot faster than we expected. But it, it actually turns out that you really can build homes in volume and at a much lower price if you if you bring in you know the, all the benefits of scale and if you bring in a process, almost like a manufacturing process to providing homes. In the mortgages, we've been doing that for three years now and, and those mortgages which has been pretty consistently half to 1% lower than, than, than one or two year rates and 2% lower than floating and, and still provided our, our members with good returns. And then on the community housing, that's been really exciting. We've uh, invested uh, about $40 million in providing mortgage funding to community housing providers and that's built about 144 homes. But what's been clear in all of this, Catherine, now we've really spent three years working out whether we could do this at real scale now and, and, and we, we're very confident we can now. So we have the to do the job, but basically what we need now is the money to be able to build in, in volume because the fundamental problem with New Zealand's, you know, we have a housing crisis here, you know, um, it's the most unaffordable housing market in the OECD, 25% of New Zealand families spend more than 40% of their disposable income on rent or mortgages, so and the, the fundamental problem there is one of supply, we just haven't built enough houses and if you look back at it now, uh, we stopped building a lot of state houses in about 1980. And so for the last 30 years, the build rate of houses in New Zealand has been about half what it was in the previous 80 years. So this is just a, a fundamental issue of supply and demand. Yeah, we and it's one, we, it's one yeah. we're well aware of. And we, we, yeah. it also seems to throw up seemingly unsolvable issues. So I'd like to work through some of the more details yeah. with you. We, we, you know, we know the constraints on labour and the construction industry, constraints on land, RMA processes, all this stuff. Yeah. It's a time frame, 10 to 15 years, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's a big gap, isn't it? 40 million currently gone to community builders, 180 million to mortgages, a, a, a bit cheaper than the market rate, 120 million to build to rent scheme. There's yeah. a hell of a leap to 14 billion, isn't there? Um, so... <laughs> Uh, not no no I, I, I don't think so we, we we've got build capacity now for about a, a, a thousand homes a year and, and built to rent so we're now building about a um, home every three days we think okay. we can get that up to three homes a day um, and and we, we spent years you know basically getting this ready it's a it's a very scalable system house building in New Zealand is a very cottage industry and it takes an awful long time because it's sort of this phyllo pastry of fees and process that goes into it but everywhere else in the OECD if you start building the same house in fact, you know, if you talk to architects in 
New Zealand that say, oh, they're cookie cutter at these houses. Well, I like my cookies the same flavour, you know. Um, and it, if you build houses in scale and if you build uh, them to a process, it's almost like a factory, you really can you really can. Are get you prefabbing a lot of this work? No, we're actually building it on site. So yep. these are built out of brick and concrete. They're actually built to last uh to twice the building code because yep. we intend to own them for a long time, so it's possible to do that. All of this is, is provable. In fact, the the company we're doing this with, which is now called Simplicity Living, was called NZ Living, they've already built uh, 900 of these homes in Auckland. We've so spoken, is, we've spoken yeah, I think, to your, yeah. uh, your, your partner in this on the, on yeah. the building partnership. But let's look at some of those constraints then. Yeah. Uh, Kiwi Build had this great ambition. 100,000 perhaps is always a stupid number, but it had yeah. this ambition, and I think it's still sitting around, what is it, two or 3,000? I don't know. Yeah, so, sadly. So mm. this is the point. What, what are the constraints? When you talk about build capacity, what are you mm. incorporating? We have the land. We have the labour. We have the, the, the um, material supply. We have the RMA approvals. Yeah. These, are the, these are the things that keep coming up as being what slows everything down. Yeah, and they're by and large myths, Catherine. I mean, once you actually do it and you have enough money so you're not beholding to the banks who who make life difficult if you're developing uh, property, if you go out there with a checkbook and as we've found, there's no shortage of land. There's plenty of land. New Zealand is a very underpopulated country uh, in that sense. There's also no, no, no problem with materials. There's also no problem with labour either. It is actually possible to do all of this, but you have to do it in a vertically integrated manner and you have to do it in scale. Services you know, is the other issue, of course, and this is particularly if there's greenfields development. I want to talk more about where you envisage building these and yeah. how because that's the other issue. You know, if someone goes and opens up a farm somewhere and fills it up with, with a subdivision and, the, and there's no service, Services. Yeah. So, so maybe let's crack into that. The, mm. um, the are these mainly apartments? Are they multi-unit dwellings? A mix? What have you got? Yeah, mind? they are. Yeah. So, if you, um, Catherine, about forty-two percent of people in the OECD live in apartments, but about three percent of New Zealanders do. So, we are building one and two bedroom apartments. There, there, there are some three bedrooms and some townhouses as well. But the big shortage of housing supply in New Zealand is in one and two bedroom apartments. We tend to be building them in the inner suburbs. Uh, we actually think it's crazy that we're doing green. Fields developments in New Zealand because you've got to build new roads, new sewers, and so on and so forth. They are environmentally, they have a much bigger um, uh, footprint because people have to travel and commute a lot. Remember also, Catherine, that in about 2080, I think New Zealand's uh, population is forecast to start declining. And if you look at countries like, uh, or cities like um, Tokyo and Seoul now that are actually shrinking in population, what you actually find is the outer suburbs really, really struggle to get people to want to live there, and keeping that infrastructure running becomes even more uh, uh, expensive. So the right environmental play, the right economic play here is okay. to build up, not out. So can you give us an example of one? Uh, it's interesting, even places like Auckland and Wellington are going to yeah. struggle with a lot of new infill <clears throat> from the perspective of services. So this is the thing. It, it, um, I, I know simplicity is the name of the company, but I know yeah. you also understand complexity. Uh, sure, you have sure. to. But let's give give us an example of one major one I think you've got underway at the moment. Is there one in Mount Wellington that's quite sizable? Yeah, we have, yeah. So that's 297 homes. And if you think about that, we will, we will be plugging into the existing infrastructure. And most importantly, the rates that come from those houses will fund the council, so the council will be able to keep that infrastructure you know, up up to scratch. It is far cheaper to upgrade infrastructure in Auckland than it is to build new. So it's, it's very, very important that ourselves and a whole lot of other people start actually building high-density housing, typically around transport nodes. We always build them very close to railway stations or, or, or bus stops and supermarkets and so on, so that people can actually walk to these these places so that we, we don't have to have so many cars. But most importantly, if you think about sewers and power lines, all of those things that are starting to 
you know, fall apart and wear out here. You need to have higher density housing so the rateable revenue keeps that infrastructure up to scratch rather than spending all of this money on new stuff in the outer suburbs. Okay, it's, so that's crazy. one one two hundred twenty five million block um, five block project, nearly three hundred yeah. build to rent apartments in it. Um, you've mentioned that your partnership with Shane and Anna Brealey at New Zealand Living, as it was then known, yeah. gets you something like a 35% cheaper build. Yep. Now, how is that achieved? We keep hearing again about margins, yeah. um, all the all, all the cost pressures in construction. Construction inflation has been well ahead of general inflation, only starting to come off now. How yep. are you achieving 35%? Well, if you if you think about vertically integrating building, if you think about the, the, the that you buy the land, you do the master development, you do the building, and then you own and operate, think about all those um, costs that you're cutting out. You're cutting out the, 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 the financing because it's funded by our members. You're cutting out real estate agents because you're not selling these things. You're cutting out that whole phyllo pastry of fees that you get if you have to build a very small development and you have to you know, buy external services. And also, if you think about running it like a factory on-site, so it's, it's effectively on-site manufacturing. So we are absolutely paranoid about what comes on-site, about the waste, about the efficiency of the um, every single process. And we, we have this process called Kaizen. Every single uh, house and development we build, we try to improve it a little bit every time. So there's nothing new. There's nothing radical. These are built out of concrete and brick and tin and alloy window, just like every other home but they're built with a ruthless attention to efficiency. And when you do that, I mean, it, it, it absolutely amazed me. Catherine, I didn't knew nothing about this three years ago, but we said we want to help out in the housing crisis. How do we do this? When you actually meet you know, Shane and Anna, and they've spent an awful lot of time refining this, this is actually possible. And what's really exciting about it is this is not just something that, that we can do. We make all of our IP available to anybody who wants to build houses because we'd love five or six businesses to be doing this because we, we aren't going to solve the housing uh, crisis here. We're going to do our bit and help. But we need a lot more businesses to embrace scale manufacturing and New Zealanders to embrace the fact that, you know what, it's a really nice life to be living in an apartment for some people. It should be an option. An awful lot of people do it around the world. It is environmentally efficient. It is economically efficient. And it gives our members really good solid returns. Because the interesting thing about this is an investment, Catherine, and you know, Kiwis know this. I mean, we, we invest in houses. The mortgage and the rent is the last bill you won't pay. You know, it's highly reliable income. Okay. These are very reliable. We need to talk to the investors now because you're asking them to put up money here. $1,000, yeah. that's a you know nice low entry point. But you're asking mm-hmm. them to put in for a return that, quote, over time uh, should match term deposits. Now, I know they're yeah. looking moderately tidy at the moment at up around 5 <laughs> or 6%. But for yeah. a good long time, you had people saying that they were struggling to keep up with inflation. So, yeah. so what is the pitch to the 5% of people you want to come out of banks and, and come to you with a term deposit? Yeah, well, look, I mean, if you if you think about what you do with a term deposit, you give it to a bank and then they make a lot of money. And then uh, the way they make that money is by lending it on, you know, mortgages and so on and so forth. So the banks are making a fortune out of term deposits. We know that, you know, we've seen bank profits in New Zealand. They're huge. If you think about um, what, what we're doing here, it's, it's it, it, effectively we're putting this into housing. This is a housing dedicated fund. So the underlying asset that it's exposed to is very similar in a sense, to a term deposit. And, of course, we've got a, a large pile of cash there too so people can take their money in and out at any time, which is a little bit different from term deposits. But I think that if if you think about the uh, ultimately what you are doing is getting what I call close to the cash here. Uh, people are paying their mortgages and paying their rent. So in theory, this should outperform term deposits and, indeed, in the first three years it has. But, you know, past performance is no 
no proof of what will happen in the future. But if you think about um, basically lending a mortgage where you're not making a profit, where it goes back to the investors and slightly lower mortgage rates, you, know, you take that bank profit rate and you give a little bit to the borrower and a, a little bit to the investor. If you think about property, which has been a fantastic investment for New Zealanders in the long term, and you've got a natural inflation hedge there as well when you invest in property, don't you? Because property prices tend okay. to go up with so, GDP. So if you're happy with a term deposit, you're saying this is competitive. Will it be covered, by the way, by the government guarantee on the mm. first 100000 um, Yeah, no, no, no. The, 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 okay. this, is, the, this is absolutely not a term deposit. It is an alternative. It's something we think people okay. should look at. But that's one thing you would be sacrificing. Is, is there a maturity of this business? Because when you look at the income, there's a lot of upfront investment in terms of the building yep. and then over time uh, all going to plan there's returns one presumes from the rents on, on, on occupation is there a sort of maturity model to this and does that impact, impact what returns might look like over time yeah, look, if you, any investment in property is a very long-term investment. People should think about it that way, right? Um, and and so we have about, uh, we're targeting about 60% of this fund will be invested in housing and mortgages. 40% of it will keep in cash so people have access to their money. But you have to have a very long-term view on this. But long-term, we know, Catherine, property in New Zealand, I mean, as long as we have the tax treatment we do and as long as we have the shortage of houses, it should be a pretty a pretty solid investment. Can we look at the other aspects of what Simplicity is doing and why? So this is the build-to-rent uh, component. Yeah. The, the mortgage rates that are competitive and you're arguing should be better than um, than uh, market rates for first-home buyers. Yeah. How and what is the um, uh, are the numbers, I guess, for that side of the business? Yeah, look, it's it's. I mean, it's very very simple. You know, thrift and building societies have been doing this for centuries, right? They just have members who invest money with them, and then they borrow at lower rates because the thrift or building society isn't making a profit. So we're a non-profit in that sense as well. So the the logic of that is compelling, and and we've spent three years testing this out just to make sure that before we go and say, hey, listen, we'd like to do this really large scale now and provide, in this case, up to ten thousand uh, lower cost first home first home loans, you have to make sure that it stacks up for the investors, that it's a good investment proposition and that it actually works. And so it's interesting, isn't it? Um, the best form of lending, and this is why banks are so keen to lend to first home buyers, they have the lowest default rate of all. And in three years, we haven't had a single okay. default on any of our loans. And so. the final point, which is to fund the community providers, I'm wondering what their capacity is, because that looks quite ambitious as well. I think it's 5,000 over that 10 to 15 year period. Um, what would that represent as an increase on their current capacity or their current construction? Um, it would be it, – it's interesting, isn't it? They, they, actually, they, 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 there is a huge amount of potential to build community houses in New Zealand. The problem has been the financing. That's been the bottleneck. If you think, if you think all around the country, there are actually community housing providers who have – Builders lined up, they have land available, but they have always been choked in terms of financing. So we're extremely keen to provide mortgage financing to them, which is what they're asking for. That's what they're asking for. That's what we want to provide. Turns out to be a, a very good investment as well. So we don't see any limitations in this. We've been we've been testing this now for two years. What we hear from the community housing providers is they are basically desperate for a reliable source of first mortgage funding. Once they have that, they'll be able to get on and do the job. We have a social housing register which is 25,000 strong now. It is that, That's a tragedy. So it's a huge increase in 10 years. If we can help provide 5,000 homes, once again, we're, we're doing our bit, but an awful lot more needs to be done as well.
Thank you. That new investment fund opens today with Simplicity. That is Simplicity's Managing Director, Sam Starr.